The Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins have character. This is Discovering Trek Enterprise. Welcome to the First Frontier. We are about to chat about Enterprise Episode 1, Part 2, Broken Bow. If you haven't watched it, really, guys, come on. It's been 20 years. Figure it out. Go hit up Paramount Plus, watch the episode, and then just, like, crab walk back here and listen to us. That's it. We hope you have enjoyed our non-warning spoiler warning. My name is Sarah, and I'm with the wonderful and talented Mr. Kieselchowski. Oh, me? You! I thought it was somebody else. Oh, no, it's you. Oh, well, Wake gosh. Up. This is happening. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> Woo! Welcome, everybody, to our second episode. Talking, yeah, as we said, part two, part two. of Broken Bow. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, I think, you know, a little refresher for everybody, Sarah, of what yeah. we kind of thought of part one of Broken Bow. Yeah, you know, I, I'm not that full. I only had two slices of pie. So I gave it two, it. two out of six slices of pie for the episode. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't what I was dreaming of back in two thousand and one. I just wasn't captured in in that first first half. But uh, t- you know, the show is young. Time will tell. There you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I gave a little higher ranking, three slices of pie. So uh, you know, it's a fifty percenter for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Didn't start off as strong as I was hoping for a pilot episode of a new series, but maybe the second half will change our minds. Maybe it's the magic we were waiting for in that first 44 minutes. Oh, God. I hope it's not a long road we have to go. Oh, getting from there to here? Absolutely. Uh, (laughs) I'm not walking. I I want a transporter. Do you? I got faith. Of the lungs? Yep. Oh, very good. Oh, man. So, oh, my gosh, everybody. Let's, you know, Sarah, what are we talking about? Some high-level points, thinking? Episode expectations for the second half here? Yeah, I think that's a great idea. I was, after that cliffhanger, um, cliffhanger starring Sly Stallone, I was expecting um, some kind of resolution. There was obviously Klingons that needed to get places, and there was Vulcans standing in the way. There was all types of, of, of things happening. So, I mean, I... I wanted to see the crew come together really strong in this second half of this episode. I wanted to see T'Pol be helpful and not um, trying to just get them back home because they shouldn't be out in space. And uh, yeah, so yeah, that's what I was expecting to see in the second half. I I feel like a lot of those things kind of happened, but it didn't Mm. once again uh, rock my socks off, as they would say. What about you? I gotcha. Um, Yeah, so much stuff packed into... An hour and 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the Sulaban, meh and meh again. Mm. You know, one, I, I thought the other bridge crew members were kind of uh, not given a lot of introduction to their characters with a lot. I mean, it was very, from my point of view, superficial mm-hmm. of just like, oh, hey, here, here's this person. Here's this person. Here's this person. You know what? We just flip flopped a couple of characters from TOS. And so 
uh, there you go. And, and then we're off her, you know, mm-hmm. which for me gave any sense of danger. I didn't care about the characters. There was nothing to care about yet. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, okay. If they die, they got the, you know, an XO2 coming up at some point. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> That that was about it. So then with those thoughts, what's your ranking in pie slices for part two? Oh, what did I give this? I gave this still just two slices. I that transporter rubdown scene. I mean, what WTF people? I just unnecessary, stupid, gratuitous. And yeah. it, I thought that Star Trek was better than that. Personally, it just bugs me. And that's just that's just a woman's perspective. Um, there's other ways to showcase what a beautiful person uh, Jolene is. So that's not the way to do it. I thought that I thought that I I liked though how to Paul kind of her character went for the second half of that episode and um, kind of surprised Archer. I think Porthos needs to have a ranking because it's just the cutest thing we've ever seen and. Yeah, I, I was happy with the way it ended I of the episode, like just to close it up. I mm-hmm. The Klingons and all of that, I thought that was great. I mean, when you bring in a big character like the Klingons, you, you want to see it seem pretty true to what you're expecting. And I think they did it, so. Okay, there yeah. you go. Well, yeah, so, Supreme Chancellor Portos would be fantastic. Mm. More doggies. Um, yeah, I, I was consistent as you were. I gave it three out of six slices of pie. Um, yeah, the, the decon chamber thing was just ultimately cringy. Mm-hmm. It was like Trek Skinamax. Um, <laughs> and I it was, was just like, missing like the music. Like the or like Barry White. <laughs> yeah, it was just, yeah. Um, like you said, so blatant and gratuitous. And uh, I was quite uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Rewatching that mm-hmm. scene, I was mm-hmm. like, you know what? If, if your goal was to bring in teenage boys to watch this, um, yeah, okay, but that's not. That's the scene for the guys, but for the ladies, here's Scott Bakula in his blue booty shorts. Like, come right. on, we don't need to see that either. <laughs> it was. I was like, hey, oh, hey, trip works out. Good for him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's great. And then, yeah, the uh, the blue. Tidy nut puncher shorts were just like, <laughs> wow. Um, okay, so we're just gonna do all that. All right, so we're we're consistent on our <laughs> yeah. of of everything going on for this episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I a little re- recap, a little recap here for you. Do you have some rhyming ready for us? Are you, did you gonna dazzle us again, or do you wanna just keep it simple yeah. this time? And I, I did do rhyming for the second one because mm. I was like, okay, I'm not gonna get myself in a rut just yet with four I will, seasons. I will do a rhyme for the next episode. Okay. I promise you that. Listeners, okay. get ready. It's going to be Woo-hoo. iambic pentameter and all of the above. Oh my God. You know big words. I, I'm hoping that that is something to do with poetry. <laughs> <laughs> I bet it is. But oh my gosh. What do we go on second part of Broken Bow? We continue our maiden voyage with the first Starship Enterprise. We get new toys phase pistols, stuff like that. Mm. Um, new CGI, mm. Mm. new species and space jackets with collars. <laughs> I hate that look. I hate it. 
I hate it. I hate it. It reminds me of 70s fashion in all quotes. That was just crap. I don't like it. I'm angry. Okay, move on. Uh, We get more with Clang the Courier and the Enterprise crew trying to bring an important message to the Klingon leaders on Kronos about Sulabans that intend to promote what? The Temporal Cold War. (gasps) And more future guy. Mm, Lovely. The nerve of them. The noive. The Sulaban. Who do you think you are? They're definitely um, new. Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, I I don't know if a new antagonist was necessary. Um, I have a question as somebody who's only seen season one. Okay. Does the Sulaban play strong throughout the entire series or just this season or what? Mm, um, I don't know if I should tell you or not. Should I learn to love them or should I just kind of forget about it? Um, I would think you could learn to... Uh, appreciate what their characters are attempting to bring to the series. Okay. How does that sound? That sounds fine. I'm not trying to lead you in in, in any way, but <laughs> yeah, this is not a one and done type thing. I didn't this, think it would be. This yeah. is going to be a recipe your mom pulls out of the ca- cupboard every two weeks <laughs> and says, you know what? Guess what Shake we're having. Shake and bake. <laughs> yeah, it's Tuesday, people. Hamburger helper without the hamburger. So love Taco it or leave Tuesdays. it. Mmm. Oh God. We can't I'm hungry. talking about food. I know. Because no. I, I thought about that too. I was like, we're going to have to eat before we do these. Mm-hmm. I know. Because... All I'm thinking about right now is the leftover KFC I have in my fridge right now. Oh, that would be delicious. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're kind of on the same thought process as we were for part one mm-hmm. of yeah. this ep- uh, broken bow. Bow. I keep saying bow. Bow. Chicka, bow. Wow. And that's how it really felt. It in is. This. Um, so let's take a moment to it, thank our sponsors, yeah. maybe, and then we can get into some deep dives. We can, because then we could it, wipe everything clean. I think that we need to do that. Wouldn't it be wonderful? I think it would be great. So with that being said, hey, everyone. We are taking a moment here to thank our friends over at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor on Discovering Trek. You know they are always working to put out the best product available and to continue to surprise all of us with new designs and product releases. John, Lou, and the entire company, even Joe, are such amazing people. (laughs) There are some great new products out there, too, if you haven't heard, Casey, like Picard Episode 3 and 4 pins. The end is the beginning and absolute candor. Plus tons of non-Trek stuff like Scooby-Doo, DC, Batman 66, and the Big Bang Theory. There are tons of pins and accessories for you, specifically you and our listeners at fansets.com. So head on over there, just go bananas, grab some stuff, put it in that little like shopping cart icon in the top corner, and then use our special code word Discovering Trek. It's in all caps with no spaces at checkout for an amazing 10% off your entire order. And don't forget, if you're in the US, you lucky ducks, spend more than 30 bucks, buckaroos, and you will also get free shipping. There you go, man. I love that you didn't quite yell the Discovering Trek in all caps, but that's how I see it every time Gold. when it's in Discovering Trek. They're just, hey, have fun. Fansets. Our pins have character, and we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also breaking news for Fansets. 
Right now, Fansets is giving listeners of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network the exclusive opportunity to help select the next pin in their Women of Trek collection. Folks who vote will also be entered in a random drawing to win a Women of Trek Master Set and a full set of the Series 2 pins. So go to trekgeeks.com slash vote and vote. Winner will be selected on April 1st. So... Do we want to use our chef's special as a chance to talk about some of the things we liked, or do we want to use it as a chance to talk about <laughs> what we thought about some of the technology? What are you thinking? Um, I'm both? thinking I'm thinking you're dead on with both. This is going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge, mm. I think. Um, Potpourri. I was jazzed to see some of the new tech being used, just because okay. I wanted I wanted to start getting the the build of the history of where certain things came from. Um, I liked kind of the, the, the phasers, phase pistols. Okay. I mean, they're ugly as sin, the design. Mm-hmm. So I, I get the saying, Hey, we have to make these look different than TOS mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, the transporter. I I love that no one wants to be near that damn thing. I know it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's just like, hey, you know, for cargo and stuff like that. Sure, let's use it. Um, and I like that there's just one pad, and it's and this is what you know I was talking about on our previous episode of of when something progresses, like cell phones and things like that, they get smaller. Mm-hmm. So you have that one huge transporter pad, mm-hmm. and that's it. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I'm glad there, it was used kind of as a crutch, but that you can have something here where if the characters are emotionally no, 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 no to that thing that then they're in the writing, they can't just fall right back onto it. I'm like, okay. Uh, I like away team landing party, uh, jackets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like the collars on them mm-hmm. um, or, or, or make it a collar or something that where like, if it's cold, you flip it up, you zip <laughs> it all the way up to protect your neck Fair. type of a thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, these are supposed to be utilitarian hey, yeah. items. I'm in Canada. I get it. You need to be prepared for cold weather. Right. <laughs> and boy, it, it looked like um, packing material, mm. you know, that, that poofy stuff. Um you know, nice set design for sure out on the, on the planet. Like, okay, you know what you're going to use there and, and decent dis, uh, use of an ex- existing facility. Mm-hmm. And, and there we go. You know, the, the likes yeah. of what I found. How about you? How about you? I can't find any likes. I'm going to be oh. completely honest with you. I struggled to watch this. I didn't even finish watching the second half of the episode as a rewatch. So I'm just going to touch on a few things that, I'm just going to touch on the things that bugged me again, but they're like not bad bugs. They're just kind of more like questions. Like, are we as viewers supposed to really think that Archer is going to have this expectation of Hoshi to be able to figure out a language with such little stuff to work with? Like, I don't, I just found that to be a rushed type of storyline. It's a brand new, brand new language that I'm assuming is unlike anything. If you think about the diversity in human languages, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, like the 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 Italians and the the French, and they can have some like melodic similarities, but they're right. very different from some of the tribal languages spoken in parts of Africa. So this is and Klingons, and it's so so. I just I, I was bothered by how the pressure was being put on her to be able to have this conversation with a Klingon that also, thanks to yeah. Doctor Flocks, we're reminded is not really with it right now. So just kind of a messy yeah. storyline. I also didn't enjoy the, I I think maybe this is just coming to me right now. People loved Spock. People love mm-hmm. Vulcans. There was big fans of Tuvok. Like the, the, they can be great characters and a great species. And to set the tone in this episode that like humans are just annoyed by them and they don't like them. And they're all they're doing is oppressing us. And we're, 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 you know, we're, we know what we're doing. We're humans. We're cocky. We're right. We don't need Mm -hmm. you. I just think it just put a sour taste in my mouth about to Paul and a lot of these characters because they're just harping on it. Like, Oh, she's just so, why do we have her here? She's so difficult. She can't handle the smell. Like we all stink and the dog's a problem and we're eating meat and she's just so offended. And it's like, come on, like you have to be able to be tolerable and tolerate different types of people in your work environment. We deal with it on a daily basis ourselves. So to pinpoint all the flaws of the female characters, it seemed like, especially I was like, oh God, here we go. Like it's bad enough we had to sit through Troy and Dr. Crusher not getting nearly enough play for seven seasons. And then we Mm -hmm. bounce off a strong Captain Janeway to this. Like, I don't know. That's just something that stood out for me in this first episode. And I I hear you. I I still think it was a a real D move by the captain on Hoshi, the the whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, she's teaching these others deeply into it. Says finals are in two weeks. He plays all the cards, all the emotionality stuff to manipulate her into taking the gig. Yeah. And then like I you were saying even earlier, Northern Italy and Southern Italy there's a, a flip-flop between hard seas and soft seas. Mm-hmm. So even just in that country, okay? Yeah. And then having to learn Klingon, who seems high as F. <laughs> Let's time, be real, yeah. Right? It's like, yeah. okay, that Octocotton is good. Just got back from a white snake concert or something. Ooh, I mean, baby. Um, and it's where, you know... Yeah, not not a uh, fair, even keeled. Mm-hmm. Everybody's. I'm holding everybody up to the same standard. You know? Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, as a woman to see that for the female characters, and then meanwhile you have the guys talking about three boobs on one species, and then ogling Ugh. the ones that are eating bugs at another place. And I'm like, yeah, I think if this is something because I I don't remember a lot about season one. If this is something that I'm going to see played out again and again for the next few episodes i can understand and remember why i had a hard time wanting to continue watching the show so i'm going to be keeping an eye out for mm-hmm. this as as i watch the next few episodes is um that's that's a big thing yeah, for me absolutely yeah that little uh strip joint mm. scene was once again i mean <laughs> exceedingly uncomfortable to watch and go and go adults made this and thought this was a good decision. You know, it felt like they were trying to be like Star Wars when they go to the different bars Uh and places, which they always did it so well in Star Wars. I loved those scenes in Star Wars movies because there was so much to look at in the background. And this was a really bad version of of that, I think. 
Yeah. The well, CD side of space, right? Like I just CD. didn't like it. Yeah, it's, you know, it was like in, in yeah. Trek five when, you know, Shatner decided, Hey, we'll have a, a cat like creature with, with three yeah. in the front. And it was like, this is, these this is, isn't necessary. And you're, you're playing to a sophomore crowd there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have hear a, you. yeah, I have a random question for you. We're going to bring Ooh. back a Sarah's question corner that we had in a previous discovering Trek. Where in your house is the sweet spot? Oh, sweet spot in my house. I think, and I mean, this may sound typical, but it's the garage. Okay. Just because uh, I I like to do a lot of projects. Mm-hmm. So like in the house, did crown molding and floorboards and the stairs and all stuff and working with wood. Mm. Um, and so I, I kind of inherited that from, from my dad because he used to do that and I don't know if you can, I'm holding my finger up to the camera for Sarah to see. You guys can see, but that's when I nearly cut my finger off using oh my, my dad's handsaw when I was in first grade and he oh wasn't boy. home. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> that could have gone really bad. It could have gone. It was interesting, but um, yeah, I love being in there and it's when you're creating something and you can visually see your progress. Mm-hmm. That's quite satisfying to me. Mm-hmm. What about for you? Where's your sweet spot? I think it's in the basement where I am right now because half of it is like a tiki bar that we've built in the basement, which is just kind of fun in general. And then in the other half is where I have my nook for recording and all of my nerdy stuff is in here. And also this is where I do all my jewelry making and all my crafting. So it's like my creative space. It's like a, it's such a like loud, full of fun stuff. That's such a departure from the rest of the house that it's just fun to come down here and just like think about all the fun things that I've gotten to do and get to do and create and make and sew. And yeah. see, that's fantastic. It, it's a, it's a mood changer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You always have fun down here in the Tiki bar and oh, the, the Star Trek corner. Fun right? in the Tiki bar. Right. Oh God. Mm-hmm. Bars just to be able to go out. Can't wait. I know. Okay. So I have another question. We're going to, we're going to keep with this. All right. The end of the episode you know, Archer and Paul have this little scene where he's kind of like, well, if I say that I want you to join, it's like I'm needing you and, you know, kind of hinting at volunteer. Do you think if it was you, would you want her or a Vulcan on your ship, given the history that you have and the and the and the things that you want to achieve and the things mm. that you've witnessed amongst these meetings with the higher ups? All right. So are you asking me as if I was Captain Archer or is if I was captain of that ship? I think if you were the captain of that ship. What would you do? Okay. And what do you think that Archer should like? I mean, go with whatever you yeah. want. Interpret. Um, I think it would really depend on the interaction and exposure that I personally had with other Klingons mm. and Vulcans. Mm. And um, I mean, deep, deep history with the Vulcans. Okay. Yeah. So, and you just saw a bit with the Klingons. Um, but this, this person helped me and this person say if I was knocked out for a while thought about what would the captain of the ship want to do so and this person knows more than I do Mm -hmm. so if I'm smart I get people smarter than me around me Mm -hmm. to help yeah and so it's not that oh I know everything it's I don't know as much in this domain as you do I need your expertise. Please stay. Mm-hmm. And 
And who get, it's like, I don't see how that is showing a weakness for asking somebody to stay. Oh, absolutely. That was, a, that was a crap piece of writing Yeah, on their part. I think so. I think it was also a rushed thing to have because the very first scene of the whole series is him as a little boy making mm-hmm. jokes about the Vulcans and talking about how he doesn't like them. And so yeah. you're thinking, if this is how he was at 12 or however old he is, this is what he's been thinking his entire life. And then in a matter of a couple of days, one Vulcan reluctantly does something and he's like, oh, sweet, join my ship. Like, I think it was just rushed, just like a lot of this series in a way. It's, yes. With that introduction it's, of characters. Like, that could have been an trope. episode three thing. That could have been like a... But. It could have, and I think that their decision to kind of be more episodic ruined chances of like what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. things that could have been organically built were yeah. just, no, you got to do it now because then in syndication or whatever happens, the next episode that shows might not be in order. So we have to have her on the ship. Yeah. I got to say yes. And then we have to move on. You know, it's really funny you mentioned that because I never, I never even like clued into the fact that it's episodic. You know, when I was young and I and I loved TNG, I loved I loved the standalone episodes. I mean, there was, of course, there's storylines that weave throughout a series. That's how they all work. But mm-hmm. um, I think that's why when I was young, I struggled with Deep Space Nine is because if I missed an episode pre Netflix and you you yeah. didn't record it, you were lost. You were lost. And then, you know, I was I was sixteen, seventeen. Like a political sci fi drama wasn't really my thing at the time, right? I was watching yeah. Clueless and all that kind of stuff. And um, so. But going back as an adult and watching Deep Space Nine, the fact that it was a story, it was not episodic, is what made that series so fantastic. Right. And so I think that because Enterprise has this like darker tone, I think it would have done really well if they had done it that way. So I'm really, yeah, yeah. now that I'm realizing it's going to be standalone episodes, I'm a little bit dreading it even more. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, I think there's going to be a few times you say, as if, mm. and right? uh, very much so. And there's going to be stuff where uh, you go, wait, you know, didn't an episode ago, something major happened to that character. Mm -hmm. And now it's as if nothing. Yeah. It's a different feel. Oh, great. I can't wait to go back and edit this because my stomach is growling so loudly. I'm wondering if it's getting picked up by the microphone. I can't hear you. <laughs> so but hey, <laughs> maybe we need a pizza sponsor. Well, see, we're in the chef special of the day. So I'm ex- mm. thinking like there should be food laid out in front of us as we record and you can hear us munching away. Wouldn't that be fun? I will, I will create charcuterie plates for us. Yum. And Love it. We, will, we will have that. All right. Last, fun. To, to wrap this one up, you know what I, uh, one thing I thought, which I did mm. like mm. is I liked that Archer spoke to his dog because it there was a different narrative to mm. be able to get what he's thinking out instead of just another star mm-hmm. log. Mm-hmm. That's a great like, point. Okay. Fun. I talk to my dogs all the time. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big um, uh, tell of someone's real personality. And I think that's a really fun little fact to have about that character. Good point. Absolutely. All right. What do well, we do for our fun house? Did I send you a link earlier today to do a quiz? Oh my God. God. I will share this out on Twitter later on for sure. Oh, perfect. Yeah, please do. Whatever place this is now has all my pertinent information. (laughs) Actually, it has none of it. No. (laughs) (laughs) I only put in somebody else's social security number. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Sarah sent a quiz for us to both take about who we are. What from Enterprise. From yeah. Enterprise. Did you find that the questions were really stupid and I had no idea what they were referring to for almost all of the answer choices? I had 
like zero idea. Yeah, I just was like, I like that hell. word. I can't say it, but that's pretty. Like I just yeah, I was like, what? what certain things yeah. like I don't know what they're asking here, so I'll just pick that one. Well, when you did your questionnaire, young lady, <laughs> what character are you? I got Doctor Flox, and that's okay because as of right now, he's my favorite character. Right on. Well, um, I think the game is rigged because okay. I got Dr. Flox as Sweet. well. I'm going to find a different quiz. And so next time we'll do it again. And if we both get Dr. Flox again, then it's just, that's what it is. We just have to live with it. I think so. I mean, I, I was like, okay, uh, this character has empathy. Mm. I, I'll take that. This character uh, smiles and seems to be mm. open to all different species. Okay. I like that. I'll take it. Um, and you know, right off the bat, a character that's using a little more homeopathic Eastern type medicines instead of just all technology. And I was like, you know, that's a, that's a cool approach. That's different. Yeah. You know, smart. Let's, let's, let's give it a go. I like it. Ooh. We did it. We did it. You know what? We got through the entire pilot episode. Likes, more dislikes than not. But um, good conversation, I think. I think so too. And you know, um, this is the most I've talked about. Yeah, this is the most (laughs) I've talked about enterprise in my entire life. So I mean, this is a good start. Well, only what eighty-eight more episodes to talk about. So you know, well, it's not that long of a road getting from there to here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> who, who knows and hey we might you know get more character development for everybody as we go along mm-hmm. all right so that does it for part two of our coverage on episode one part two broken bow we will be back with our next episode discussing fight or flight as we celebrate the 20th anniversary year of Enterprise. Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or by heading discoveringtrek.com. And if you want to interact with us, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek on um, on Twitter, or me personally at, at um, Trek Rewind, or there's like 30 of them out there. You, you just, just look for me. You'll find me on there. 30 accounts? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm at Casey Shasky, one account. That's it. I'm right. and I'm boring. Perfect. But hey, you know what? If you enjoy what we're doing here on Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, please consider supporting us as a Patreon on Patreon. As a subscriber, you get access to the unedited recordings of episodes as well as exclusive content and great subscriber rewards like our annual supporters pins from Fansets and our exclusive Trek Geeks Podcast Network t-shirt, among other things. We'd like to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek. We're quite thankful for their support. Producers are Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Ken Bird, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Craig Ewing, Bill Godwin, sorry, Al Godwin, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Tony Lambast, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers, Chris Terbuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and Jess Vashon. If you would like to become a producer of Discovering Trek or even get access to the raw audio, yikes, for <laughs> Discovering Trek episodes, head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks for all the details. Until next time, Casey! Two to beam out. Peace out, Sarah. Bye.
Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works. Executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.